Hello. Welcome to the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the horror movie podcast, where we talk about movies off the Rotten Tomatoes 200 Best Horror Movies of All Time list. My name is Clay. With me is Amanda. Amanda, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I just, I, I, where is my business card? Where is my business card? Why do you have such a dorky <laughs> ringtone? <laughs> or, you know, hurry everyone, run! <laughs> <laughs> These are all famous sayings in South Korea. Yeah. Wouldn't it be kind of amazing if they were? It, you know, well, like this if is... they were all inside jokes and we were just ignorant and didn't know it. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> we are we are talking today about Train to Busan. So get ready for us to ruin everyone's names. Yes, get your tickets out. Tickets, please. Or you're getting thrown off at the next stop. Escorted out by zombies. Escorted out. Um, <clears throat> this is a number, this is number 69, nice, on our <laughs> list with a 94% Rotten Tomato mm. score. Um, had you seen this one before? <clears throat> I had not. It had been on my list to watch for a very long time, and then my husband, who does not like horror movies, watched it without me. Ah, <laughs> yes. That <laughs> tracks. <laughs> Why, why, why does that track? Because I kind of feel like he, uh, he's never going to listen to this, right? Uh, I kind of. I love you. I feel like he's more into like Korean movies. Is is that true? No. Okay. Well, I have no idea. (laughs) I mean, he really liked Parasite. But I think yeah. he watched this before he saw Parasite. I don't know. So I'm it's just not even like a yeah. Oh, Korea knows what they're doing. I'm gonna watch all of their. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's. I'm not. I have no idea. Out of character for him. Yeah. Temporarily abducted by pod people. I don't know. He likes Edgar Wright movies, right? Yes. Maybe. Oh. There's some connection there. Yeah. Because Edgar Wright liked this movie. Should have just brought him over here with me. Could have grilled him live yeah. on air. He should be the co-host. Oh shit. <clears throat> <laughs> I just lost my own job. Um, I had only seen this is one that I had heard about for a long time. I had only I have only seen this once before, and I saw it for the first time. I think it must have been 2020. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, when it was on Joe, the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, yeah. I I came to it late. I think I I I started it maybe like 20 minutes in. Hmm. And then by the time it was over, I had to go back and watch it again because it was I was like, this is one of the the best zombie movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's uh, it's comes very highly regarded. Uh, It is the sixth highest grossing domestic film in Korean history. Oh, wow. Yes. The most of the trivia on IMDb is just about how well it did monetarily in Korea and other countries. Good. That's great. I mean, it's a great movie. I'm glad to hear that it got some success because sometimes we do these and it's like, wait, this movie is great. Why did no one go see it? Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't know what the release was like in America. I probably could look yeah. it up, but I don't, you know, I don't do any work for this show. So <laughs> um, anyway, uh, let's play the trailer, take a quick break, and then we will get into it.
Tiffany. Okay, train to Busan. I just looked it up. It, it only made about two point two million dollars in the United States and Canada, <clears throat> uh, fifteen point eight in other territories for a total worldwide worldwide gross of ninety eight point five million. Wow! So it's uh, it didn't do huge business in America or Canada. But I mean, I am unsurprised. Yeah, it's <laughs> well, <clears throat> we're bad at foreign films here. We only in the yeah. last like two years have we started kind of going. Oh wait. Other places. Yeah, but I wonder if this had come out like 10 years earlier, if maybe it mm. would have done better. Because I feel like 2016, we're kind of on the tail end of the zombie thing. Yeah, I feel like World War Z probably came out around then mm-hmm. and was sort of a, a, a notorious high budget flop. Do you know what I mean? So like if people had just recently seen that and it wasn't very good... Oh, wow. World War Z was three years before this. Okay. Oh, wow. That's okay. surprising. Because I do feel like World War Z was kind of the death knell. Yeah. Movie-wise yeah. of zombie movies. Like, that one cost so much money. It had so many big names, and then it was not well-received. And I feel like that's when the studios went, oh, okay, I get it. We, we've moved on from this. Yeah, I, I don't think there's much... Um, let's put it this way. Uh, High-budget zombie movie? Mm. Never really the right way to go yeah um very rarely i think does that does that end up panning out yeah uh but this one is trained busan from 2016 it was directed by sang ho hyun yon hope i apologize in advance uh written by joe suk park and sang ho yon starring gong yu yumi jung Ma Dong-seok, the greatest child actor on the planet, Sue Ann Kim. Oh, my God. And every contortionist in South Korea, probably. <laughs> Amanda, what happens in Train to Busan? A man, his estranged daughter, and other passengers become trapped on a speeding train during a zombie outbreak in South Korea. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Gotta love Pretty those. Much. Yeah, gotta yeah. love those, those summaries that are nice and to the point. Yeah, I was trying to think: is it is it emblematic of of the actual story? It's like, well, I'm, uh, it gets a little more complicated than that, but honestly, not really. Yeah, there's not much. Yeah, more I mean, that's pretty that. much it. Yeah, there's not a lot of. Yeah. Y- you get the gist. You know what the movie's about now. Yeah. Well, Clay, some things you'll find in this movie include mm-hmm. a zombie deer. You know, I I noted that as well. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like we very rarely see zombie animals. Yeah. I think your husband actually might have hit it on the head when he's when he said why, which is they cost a lot of money. <laughs> and you have to worry Fair. about um 
making sure that animals aren't hurt. Right, right. <clears throat> PETA doesn't come after you for it. Yes, yes. But uh, it's always it's always interesting with it. Because zombie animals, it also widens the circle so much. Right. Because if, then it's like, all right, are we going to get zombie rats, zombie pigeons, right, right. zombie mosquitoes? And, like, if, and if those zombie animals work on the same mechanics as zombie people right they're going to be going after other animals right which means like even if we do figure out how to keep the zombie humans at bay we're all done for there's no food left yep yeah yeah it's too complicated but not in this movie you see one cool looking zombie deer and you move on yeah that never comes up again yeah it's yeah. kind of great actually uh the evils of capitalism mm-hmm. that which is i think the running theme in a lot of korean movies yes yep. yeah uh, tied into that one is the stress and heartbreak of trying to buy a gift for a child. I didn't appreciate this until <laughs> our friends started having kids. Mm. And the first like two times that we went to our, our friend's uh, son's birthday, uh-huh. you know, we went to the store and we're like, oh, what should we get him? Yeah. We should get him this thing. Oh, I think this would be really cool. I think he would like this. And then yeah. you get it. And, you know, he opens it and you're like, he's going to love this. And then he just throws it aside. <laughs> And you, next time you come over, it's outside. It's clearly been there for like a month. It's been rained on. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's he's two. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't care about things yet. Yeah. He had more fun in the box than he did with the with the toy. Yeah. I yeah. said friend also got some really interesting gifts for a child from like family members that even even he was like, I don't know why they get so he. His first son, I think when he was like five, Mm -hmm. got from a family member a violin, like a small violin, whoa, a child-sized violin, not like a fake one that like you hit buttons and it plays, right, right, like a real real violin. Yes, wow, okay. I don't think he ever played. I mean, maybe he did. I don't. I don't know. Maybe he's he's, virtuoso now. It's possible. And then later on, he sized up, but still, like when he was like ten, yeah. Actually, no. Actually, this was. Was he like twelve now? So he's probably yeah. like eight or nine. Yeah, he got a full size guitar, <clears throat> and and he and our friend Damn. was like, "Can you come over and show my son how to use this?" And I was like, "Yeah, when he's fifteen, <laughs> call me in like eight years." Also, I will have to come over once a week, every week for the next nine months. Yeah, yeah. and I charge by the hour. <laughs> well, you will also find a uh, big dad energy. Yes, a lot of dad movie. energy. A lot, a lot, a lot of dad energy. Yeah. Uh, train bathrooms. Yep, there's a lot of train bathrooms. There's uh, very strategic train bathrooms. Yes. Very scary train bathrooms. Making lots of good use of the train bathrooms. Yes. Uh, literal waves of zombies. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Like, I I think you said when we were watching this, this feels like probably what World War Z yeah. wanted to be. Yeah, I think so. And Yeah, where uh, they sort of have these um, swarming behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's one scene towards the end where, like, there is, like, a literal crashing wave yeah. on the train tracks of these yeah, zombies which was like really the, the cool. Yeah, the human chain kind of moves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a convenient stash of leather straps and duct tape. That was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, when, where it's just like, guess we're going to need these. Yes. Like they found <laughs> Dennis from It's Always Sunny's yeah. duffel bag. <laughs> and um, questionable parenting. Yeah, you know, yes. Early on, yes. I think I think he, it's probably... better. I think it's a class and cultural thing for that guy in some respects. Sure. But also, I mean, like, there's a zombie. What's he's doing the best he can? Well, 
Well, I mean, the other the one of the other characters calls him out on that's like, true that yes. he's probably not been a good dad. Yeah, and he also does when things starts breaking down. He does give his daughter the advice that in times like this, yeah, only think about yourself. Yeah, which is kind of the theme of the movie is why you should not do that. Exactly. Um, yes, but <clears throat> yes, Train to Busan. Uh, I think that zombie movies people are so. So I was just listening to a podcast today mm. about the 1979 uh, Frank Langella version of Dracula. Okay, cool. Which I really enjoy. It's kind of a lesser known Dracula, but it's it's a it's fun. I like it. Yeah. And I haven't watched it in a while, but they were talking about how this version of Dracula skips the entire first act where Jonathan Harker goes to Transylvania, mm-hmm. and it opens with the Demeter showing up in England. Yes. Okay. Right? And they were talking about how oh that's that's a you know it's a, it stinks because the the Transylvania stuff is always the best part it's the part everybody seems to like but they've done the story so many times it's kind of like is it kind of old hat to do that mm. <clears throat> to do that whole thing again and I was kind of I was thinking about that in reference to this because I think with zombie movies the the more that there have been you get familiar with the setup and how yeah. they work and yeah. stuff. I, I, I'm i probably going to be calling back to Dracula movies a lot because I've been listening to this podcast so it's been covering a lot of Dracula movies. Hmm. But the Hammer Dracula movies, I always love yeah. because after the first one, everybody knows that vampires exist and they know how yep. to deal with them. Yeah, there's no like origin, origin story exposition kind of stuff necessary right. every time. Right. Yeah. And zombie movies, it's like, yeah, they die. People die, come back to life, and you shoot them in the head and stuff. So right, you can right. And there's, there's generally like two <clears throat> types of origins. Either this is some sort of supernatural, demonic, you know, the heavens full and mm-hmm. the gates of hell are open kind of thing, or it's a disease. Right. Like a virus or a disease or some sort of mutation passed through saliva. Like, right. That's essentially your two, your two avenues into zombies. Yeah. And I think one of the things that gets lost the more often that you do these things is that great opening bit that you can do mm-hmm. where you have your protagonist going about his business mm-hmm. and then ever so slightly the edges start falling off and closing in and, and yeah. it, you start seeing things happening in the periphery, which then, you <laughs> Which know, this movie does really well it's great yeah. yeah there's there's three that i th- movies that i think do it really well there's obviously the first uh um night of living dead fantastic uh-huh. yeah i also actually really like i think i've mentioned this before um survival of the dead one of the later george romero one, movies yeah. it's not a good movie <laughs> but the opening is pretty good in this mm. regard it's 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 a small story to yeah. get things going, but I think it's pretty effective. And uh, uh, and this one. Yeah. I guess Wreck does it pretty good, I think, as yeah. well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's sort of like everybody's just kind of trying to have a normal day. Yeah. And then you slowly start to notice, all right, that's weird. Okay, why are those people attacking each other in the... Wreck, I guess, yeah. they kind of take the uh, all or nothing approach, if I remember, because it's like... <laughs> Everything's kind of going normal. They're answering a routine uh, fire call, fireman's call, yeah. and then that body falls down through the stairwell, and then it all kind of goes to shit. Yeah, from there. that's true. It does. It escalates much more quickly. Yes. <laughs> but this is this is great. I mean, you get so much stuff at the beginning establishing uh, the father and yep. the daughter. Yep. 
um, which is it's it's not peripheral, yeah, because it's character work, but the, you're getting this character work as you start seeing. Yes. You know, the pieces of the Jenga tower falling Yeah. Off. One of the things that I noticed, um, I was kind of skimming through and rewatching like the first like half of it before we started to record. Mm-hmm. Um there's this there's a moment in that opening sequence where you, you meet you meet the dad, um, whose name is I think Suk Woo. Sure. I have right. the name <laughs> I literally made myself a character key oh, good. in my notebook. <laughs> I still I I my familiarity with Korean is non-existent. I'm gonna like, if these were Japanese names, I could probably sound mm, most of them yeah. out pretty well. Mm-hmm. But uh, with Korean, I am just hopelessly ignorant. So. I'm gonna warn everybody now: it's gonna be the dad, the yeah, daughter, yeah. the big guy, the pregnant lady, know, the baseball guy, which sucks because I'm just sort of like it shouldn't be this hard for us to. Anyway, to be fair, anyway. that's how I talk about all characters. I was going to say, see, I, I feel bad because it's it's out of character for me mm-hmm, to not mm-hmm. have like gotten the names down, and it makes me feel like a mm-hmm. terrible, ignorant white person. See, so. I've been laying the groundwork specifically for this. <laughs> you knew this was this moment was coming. Yes, you were ready. Yes. Um, but so there's this moment in the in the opening kind of you know twenty ish minutes where uh, he's gone home. And he's sort of kind of, uh, you know, getting comfortable, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. really know. But he goes into, he's talking to his mom, who's been watching the daughter um, all day. And as he they're talking, he opens his closet and the camera is like inside the closet. Mm-hmm. And you see that on one side are all suit jackets that match. They're the exact same suit jacket all of them and they match the one he's wearing Mm -hmm. and then on the other side is the same plain white button down shirt like brundlefly (laughs) i don't i don't really know what you're talking no remember at the beginning of the fly he talks about how oh albert einstein wore the same yeah 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 exactly but it's like it's this it's this kind of great little like character moment in my opinion where it tells you a lot about him without him needing to go on and on about it or anybody else needing to be like well i know you're such a perfectionist and all you care about is your job like you're seeing it instead yeah yeah and i think you get a lot of that stuff um parsed out pretty well Mm -hmm. from uh those costumey details and the interactions with his daughter and when she says i won't waste your time i can just go on the train alone i was like that is devastating for a little girl like that to say to her own father yeah and just even the attitude of his mother yeah when he gets there is she has she's such has this like morose attitude before yeah. you even really understand what's going on. Yeah. And she's kind of getting across that your do- this your family is fucked up. You need to yeah. focus on your family. What does she say that um uh, She makes a comment a, to him a marriage about marriage shouldn't yeah. fall apart so easily without you, a fight like, or something. You shouldn't you shouldn't give up on a marriage so easily. Yeah. And then he talks he's talking about work and he's like, "Well, you know, it's a critical time." And she says about the daughter, well, it's a critical time for her, too. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's really interesting because you definitely get the vibe very quickly that his mom seems like a very traditional mother. Mm -hmm. Like, she's home. She's taking care of the house for him. She's taking care of her granddaughter. Like, she doesn't seem like a, like, you know, fuck the patriarchy ball busting type. She seems like much more of kind of like an old school, like, yeah, you you take care of the men in your life. You take care of the home. You take care of the family. Mm -hmm. And so for her to be like kind of even slightly standing up to him, 
on that kind of stuff is interesting. Yeah. And uh, what, uh, speaking about the toy sequence. The Wii. The toy sequence. Yeah, the, Wii, the Wii sequence. Um, I actually really love that detail because not only uh, do they have him not know what to buy his daughter, uh-huh. he's bought her the same thing twice and doesn't even realize it. Yeah. Which is, again, that's another thing where it's like this guy is... Yep. Not paying attention at all. Yep. Yep. He's totally disconnected from her. Yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, you get a really a really great sense of their relationship. Uh you get that man. I a lot of times you can see when they're laying the groundwork for the thing that's going to come up later in the movie. Mhm. I defy anybody to watch this the first time and go, yeah, that song she sings <laughs> for half a second on a video is going to be really important later. Yeah, and it's going to break your fucking heart when when yeah. it finally wraps up. Yeah, but uh, they lay that stuff out really well and really subtly. Yep. Um, and you know, once they get onto the train, they do a really great job of introducing all these groups of people. Yes. while also giving you bits and pieces of things falling apart as the train gets going and stuff. Yeah, I liked that, and I thought that was really well done. The way I kind of talked about it to Greg last night was, um, I think in that initial sequence, they they lean on tropes Mm -hmm. to get you kind of immediately familiar with this cast of characters, Mm -hmm. but they don't let it just sink into cliché. Yeah. Which I think is a really difficult kind of fine line to walk, and they think they do it really well. Yeah, and and the thing that I feels a little bit different about this than most zombie movies is uh I feel like most of the time you meet your cast of characters after shit has already hit the fan. Yeah. And so yeah. you are seeing these how they relate to each other in the stressful situation. Mm-hmm, like where, yeah, like no one's at their best anymore. Right. Everybody's like terrified and exhausted and yeah. has seen horrible things. And yeah. so everybody's kind of already traumatized and acting that way instead of this where it's just like there's a good chunk of this movie where people don't fully know what's going on or Mm -hmm. even as they start to realize what's going on they don't realize the extent of the situation and it kind of allows them to just sort of start showing like the cracks Mm. around their personalities like especially that ceo character who ends up kind of being the ultimate antagonist like i didn't realize last night that he's the man who um talks to suan the the daughter mm-hmm. outside of one of the restrooms yes. she's trying to get into she the, the, the homeless man is hiding in one of the bathrooms and she's there and he says to her like see this is what happens if you don't study you'll end up like him right 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 and she says to him like my mom says people who say that are jerks or something and she and he goes <laughs> well it sounds like your mom flunked out of school nice and pets her on the head and walks away yeah i did not realize that that was the character who later becomes like mm. a huge problem in the group yeah and what it does also is it um it allows you to First of all, it shows people being dicks to each other before anything bad yeah. happens. Yeah. But what it re- what it really does is it allows the characters room to change. And yeah. you actually get to see how these things affect people yeah, and how they change. Yeah, it gives you like a baseline of like this is what this person is kind of typically like. Yeah. It 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 gives it sets everybody else ev- sorry, it sets everybody up to have some sort of arc yeah. based on who they are before, yep. how they change and who they end up being. Yeah. Some of them change quite a bit. For the better, some mm-hmm. of them change for the worse. Some of yep. them stay bad. 
or stay good. Yeah. Yeah. But it is more satisfying that way. It's actually funny because we recorded our episode um, for our Patreon coverage of the second string Stephen King movies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, And we did Maximum Overdrive. Yes. Which is another big ensemble group of survivors trying to make it out of some dangerous violent situation. And this is like where Maximum Overdrive kind of failed with its big group cast. Kind of failed. Yeah, I was trying to soften the blow. Yeah. Um, this one absolutely, in my opinion, succeeds. And you can see, like, having watched these two things so close together, you can really see the differences mm. in, like, how you as the viewer are sort of introduced to these people. And like, like you said, they're given enough room that they have character arcs, which is so much more satisfying than just, like, this is a guy in a green shirt. Yeah. That's a girl in a black dress. Well, you know, I think part of it too is everybody has stuff to do. Like they all yeah. have, it really goes to, you know, when you get into like analyzing how movies are written and all this kind of crap, the thing that, the thing that always comes up is like, well, what does your character want? Yeah. And it took me a really long time to wrap my head around what that actually means. Yeah. And what it really means is that they just have an, an, uh, an objective thing that yep. they need to do yep. and then the story is about them trying to do that thing yeah and this movie is really great at that mm-hmm. because all of these characters have things that they need to do mm-hmm. which are um external just practical things but also have internal personal th- things yeah that they're trying to achieve as well so and when you have those two kind of the 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 textual and the subtextual thing right it always makes it that much more engaging yeah yeah and like like i think the dad in this movie is a great example of that where like he starts off just kind of like all right fine i'm gonna get my daughter to busan like that's what i want to do i just want to get her there because that's what she wants for her birthday Mm -hmm. but he's also like trying to reach out to her in a way like he's trying to be a better dad yeah um and then as the movie goes on, it becomes more about like protecting her, obviously, and like keeping her safe. But that same underlying drive of like the focus being on her and him trying to be a better father is really kind of the thing that ends up like motivating him more than anything. Yeah, and, and he ultimately is is trying to <clears throat> regain the thing that kind of like makes him he's trying to remember why he loves his daughter kind of right yeah and why he does all the things he does for her yeah because she's kind of you know she's kind of a a, uh an afterthought at the beginning of the movie yeah yeah it very much seems like his attitude is like why doesn't she understand that i have to do these things yeah and when you by the time you get to the end the last thing that he pictures is the feeling that he had when she was the first time he held her in his arms and yeah. stuff. And it's, it's, it's a great arc for that character that <sighs> he probably could have survived. They probably could have <laughs> let him live, but um, <clears throat> much like maximum overdrive, yeah. 15 people survive at the end of the movie. <laughs> that's not true. No. Everybody does. Yeah. No, that's Almost. not true. Um, but yeah, it, it, it just gives you these nice little character arcs that, that have, uh, that don't feel forced. I don't think any yeah. of them feel forced. I think they're, they are um, executed really well. Mm-hmm. The relationships that start the movie, yeah, seeing how those change and are tested as they have to start working together, yeah, like the father and the the big guy, yeah, Gil- uh, Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh from the Eternals. 
seeing where they start and then these two guys are the the only ones who are being proactive so they have to work together yep but they think each other is kind of a dickhead yep and that stuff is great and it's just a really i mean and on top of that you've got all of this sort of uh tongue-in-cheek um government stuff which is really yes. great yeah. my my favorite moment of that is when um the, uh, things are just starting to get really hairy and so the, mm-hmm. the news broadcast is still on mm-hmm. and the news bro- broadcaster says thanks to our government many yes. outbreaks are being contained and it like immediately shows the outside of the train where people are just getting decimated yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah and- like people are getting literally eaten alive and like heads slammed against windows mm-hmm. there's blood everywhere yeah there was that that's I really liked that. There's a couple moments in this movie that sort of do that where they they sort of add in whatever like exposition or sort of like here's the context of what's happening in the wider world mm-hmm. in those sort of like montage moments where it's like people watching the TV because the broadcast is still on or they're checking their phones because they still have internet access. Phones work for a long time in this movie. Which kind of makes sense because yeah. like, you know, unless somebody's Unless the zombies are specifically attacking infrastructure. Well, so not to get too dark here, but yeah. I one of the big details I remembered from the the Boston Marathon bombing yeah. is we had a couple friends who were in the vicinity. Yeah. And one of the things that they all said was none of the phones worked because yeah. everybody was trying to call at the same time. Yeah, that's so true. So everything was just dead. And so they didn't, you know, we had one friend who basically ran from downtown Boston to charlestown jesus and it wasn't until she got well outside that the phone started working yeah and um so i i just thought it was a little uh, you know who's to say but uh, that was that was a long time ago maybe cell towers are better now i don't know yeah and they're using the wi-fi that's probably built into the train so as long as the train wi-fi is steady then i you know they're kind of they're not always in a in a big metropolitan center as yeah. the train oh, that's moves from city too. to city. Yeah, so maybe point. there's part of that. They're in like a less dense yeah. area and everyone else is busy screaming and running away and getting eaten. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, com- comparing this to Maximum Overdrive, I think is an interesting comparison because they mm-hmm. are, and I, I think the big compar- uh, comparison to make that you were talking about where Maximum Overdrive fails and stuff mm-hmm. is none of the characters in Maximum Overdrive have anything to do really. where they end up just holed up in this gas station and they just kind of wait. Right. Whereas this, you know, they all have things to do and whatnot. The other thing, the other movie I I wanted to actually compare it to, and I'm glad Mm. we watched it the last episode we did this, is Mm. Crawl. Interesting. Only because I think this is another example of really simple concept executed exceptionally well. Yeah. It, yeah, I, they, can see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, where it's like the premise—the premise seems almost too simple, but if yeah. you do it really well and your characters are compelling, and yeah, 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 it's just you know, it's trying to get from point A to point Z, point, point C. <laughs> uh, Freudian slip. <laughs> Tr- for, get trying to get from point A to point B during this zombie breakout, and you're on a train. <laughs> zombie breakout sounds like <laughs> it's like a board game for yeah, five year olds. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> But but it sounds downright cute. <laughs> but you know, it's it's like what if what if there were zombies on a train? It's like that's yeah. the core concept, and they just wring everything they can get out of it. Yeah, because you've got like the tension in this is exceptional as far as building tension, releasing tension. Like 
when they're trying to escape that one car and mm-hmm. the homeless guy steps on the can. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. You know, there's so much of that stuff when yeah. they're crawling over, putting... Up on the baggage racks. Yeah, putting a lot of faith in those baggage, yeah. baggage <laughs> racks, to, racks to hold everybody up. But that stuff is really good. Yeah. And it's all—it's always... Um, you know, in zombie movies, the, the thing that always ends up uh, being at the core of a lot of it is how inescapable these things are it's like mm-hmm. even when you think you've got a clear road ahead of you you always end up running into more of them and you just can't yeah. escape them this movie is so good at like faking you out yeah where you kind of think that they've got a they okay they've got a few minutes where they can get out yeah. and then like you see them going down the stairs in the the train station mm-hmm. okay i guess they're going to get to the the army guys you can see the army guys boots oh thank god and then yep. oh jesus they're all zombies oh they're coming from the side yeah yeah you know. yeah <laughs> <clears throat> yeah it's 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 very good at the sort of the, the zombies are very much like 28 days later zombies yeah the with with some with some changes like yeah. which which I like because They're I kind of half and half yeah I like that they are beatable yes like I like that they're not so superhuman so impossibly like you can't escape them like because especially in the case of like a guy like I'm just gonna keep calling him Gilgamesh <laughs> um, you know he's he's a big strong dude like. Some of these zombies are like petite ladies. And, and the yes. fact that, you know, if one of them attacks him and he can just kind of whack her and she goes pretty far distance, I'm like, yeah, that's believable. He's yeah. a much bigger dude. Yeah. Whereas in some zombie movies, it would be like, no, she'd all of a sudden essentially be a ninja and right. be able to just like, you know, resist any sort of like physical defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I liked that they did the thing where when it's dark, they can't see. Yeah. Because that's all a cool this, addition. Yeah. Yeah. Because they do do the creepy thing where it's like the cataracts mm-hmm. over their eyes almost. And so, yeah, that would make sense then that when it's dark, they don't have good night vision. Mm. And so I, I liked that they, they put that in there because it did give those great sequences when they're moving up through the train and they have all these different sorts of like, how are we going to get around them it makes it more believable that they don't all just get massacred right away yeah yeah Yeah. and i you know i think one of the big differences i'm gonna say it's a cultural thing Mm. i think the big difference between american zombie movies see if you can guess where i'm going with this okay what is the big difference between american zombie movies and this movie made in korea give me a hint i don't know um Think about Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Who the main characters are. What the last act of Dawn of the Dead is like. Think about Day of the Dead. Who the main characters are. What the last act of Dawn of the Day of the Dead is like. Think about... Are you, you getting at the fact that everything ends in like American military might? <laughs> There's no guns. Uh... There's no guns in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And American zombie movies so much... A, such a big part of it is oh, you got to shoot those motherfuckers in the right, head, man. You know, right, right, right. Everybody's got a cache of guns under their exactly. the the you know passenger seat in their truck or something. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, in somewhere like South Korea, it's just like no. Yeah. You can't even be like, 
well, like, you know, the cop has a gun or something. Even when they get to the soldiers, I'm sure the soldiers had guns, but it's like, they're, all, they're even, all zombies now and no one even thinks to say like, oh, we should sneak over and try and get their guns. Right. Yeah. Nobody even yeah. stops to pick. Oh, they, they don't have, to get back a, on the they train. don't have time. Right. Because they're just running for yeah. their lives. Yeah. And I think it's, it is a really interesting distinction because like you get, I think it forces you to, A, it makes it more um, scary. Yeah. Because right, you can't just have a machine gun and be mowing down right. Like, that's part of the of zombies all at once. The part of the the, the fantasy yeah. of of American <laughs> zombie very movies. American yes. fantasy of getting to shoot people with impunity. Yes. <laughs> hey man, they're not people. <laughs> they're all, they're dead. They're all messed up. Don't talk about foreigners like that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Um, but you know it 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 takes away that aspect of it and it, yeah. and it it really leans on keeps it from being a Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> yeah, and it really leans on characters actually having to relate and work to each work with each other. Yeah. Yeah, because, and being clever and kind yeah, of coming up with things. Yeah. Because it can't just be like everybody's got a gun try to get through this part of the car shooting everybody without getting bit, you right. know, it's, they actually have to work smarter and uh it makes making I, I was watching it last night thinking, like, mm. they don't really get into r- any rules of how these zombies work. Like, it's... Yeah. They don't... Spe- at no point are they like, if you hit them in the head hard enough, they'll die. Right. Or anything like that. Right. You have to sever the spinal column. Yeah. yeah it's like, no, it just... You just... You just do do your best. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, get, get it away from you and then get away from it. Right. Which yeah. is honestly more realistic. Right. Because in a situation like that, you're not going to stop and say to each other, uh, like, okay, well, what have you noticed about their morphology? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even, and even with the military thing you're talking about, that's usually a big part of these movies as well. Right. And that is, well, it's, it's there at the end, but ultimately... Yeah, it's, but I think it's that makes the end more effective. Oh, totally. Of yeah. this, because you're not just seeing people run around with guns the whole time. So yeah. when there are people with guns, you're like, ooh, oh, oh, shit, okay. Like it makes sense that they've been able to defend their position because mm-hmm. they have guns. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times these movies end up being like, or the the a lot of them end up being something like, well, once the military gets here, everything's going to be fine, and right. they take that off the board real quick. Yes, yeah, which <clears throat> I appreciate. Um. It was also funny for me, like, I have not been to Korea, but I have been to Japan. Mm-hmm. And so the bullet train was, like, very familiar to me. I spent a lot of time oh, on sure, bullet sure. trains in Japan. And I was just like, yeah, I could imagine how terrifying this would be. Because when you're on one of those, like, you know, there's nowhere to go. And they're connecting these cities that, like there's nothing really in between them. Like you're going really far distances on that. Yeah. You know, it's not like the local trains around major metro areas where you're going like a couple miles maybe. That was something I didn't quite have a grasp on when mm. I was watching it, exactly how far they're going. Because I think early in the movie they say that the, the train to Busan is only an hour. Yeah. Um, oh, do they? I, 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 hmm. I, I could, I could be wrong. I thought it was maybe it was somebody like just saying casually that we'll be there in like an hour. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know if that was all the way to Busan or if that was okay, like an earlier stop because it yeah. seemed like there's a couple stops in between. But I mean, we took the train. Oh God, it's been a few years, so I don't fully remember. But like from Tokyo to Kyoto, it's only like 
I don't know, two hours, mm-hmm. but it's like actually a very far distance. Like I think yeah. in a car it would be something like six. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So like you can be, if you're on a four hour bullet train ride, you can be really covering some ground. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. It yeah. does. It, it works really well in this. Cause yeah, they, they go through, there's nothing for, for them to do. Yeah. I, on second watch this time, <laughs> I did start thinking of like, is there not better ways they could have handled this? Like, could they not have stopped and like opened the one car and let them all out and then just started to go again? Cause they're in the middle of nowhere. But I guess how would you, how would you open the car and get them to come out without putting somebody at risk? Well, yeah, I mean, you need someone to be bait, I guess. Yeah. But of all the other crap, they come on, one, they get one of those baseball guys. They're fast. Open the door. They all end up Lead dead. them out and then run. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, I really. They can't be that fast. <laughs> I really liked the baseball team. Yeah. They I keep calling them the baseball boys. Yeah. I thought they were, they added a really great texture to everything because yeah. everybody else is just sort of like normal people on a train to the city. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. One of them's pregnant, but most of them. Yep. Kind of just in like suits and stuff. Sure. And so having a team, a, a baseball team's worth of kids with, you know, jerseys, jerseys and, and jackets and, and stuff. jackets. Yeah. Yeah. It, it adds a nice flavor. And, and they also, um, <clears throat> they get killed real good. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then it is like it it sets up this great like so much of this movie does where it sets up this great moment where the one surviving baseball boy mm-hmm. and his girlfriend whose name is Jin Hee, which is like the only name I got pretty well on Ginny. this one. Yeah. Yeah. Ginny. Um when he has to sort of confront them in their zombie state Mm -hmm. you can tell it's really emotionally hard for him there's so much crying in this movie i know but it was so like (laughs) yeah i don't know it added it did add like it like it adds an emotional layer like it adds like something where you can relate or or feel sympathy for that character oh totally because there there are so there are a lot of characters in this movie at first oh yeah like it's a pretty it's a pretty big cast and so uh, you know Suan, who's the little the little girl, she's easy to to feel bad for. She's got a shitty dad, mm-hmm. and she just wanted to go see her mom. And now zombies are killing everyone, and she's like a nice kid. She gives little old ladies her seat. Right, right. Like she's a sweet little girl who's she's trying like to be like the greatest child ever conceived. She was the best actor. Yes, I have. I think ever seen. I want to give her all the Oscars. Yes, like she deserved everything i'm not a crier and she almost got me several times in yeah, this movie yeah without overplaying it i would argue yeah yeah um but yeah so like like certain people are really easy to kind of immediately build some sympathy for like her because she's a kid the pregnant wife because she's a pregnant woman um the two sisters who are like older they're like it's, they're like senior citizens. the two sisters who one looks like she's in her 60s and uh-huh. the other one looks like a 25 year old in a gray wig yes i don't know how old that actress is but she does not look like she's as old as she's supposed to be uh i have a feeling she probably wasn't 25 but would be very very happy to hear you say so <laughs> call me <laughs> What were you, you were asking, like, uh, we were chatting about the baseball kid and the cheerleader, and you were just like, wait, are they supposed to be dating? Is that her boyfriend? What I'm asking is, is she single? <laughs> yeah. I, and I laughed so hard, I missed what happened next in the movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think funny. that that relationship is the one that I think is not quite as tight as the other ones are. It isn't, but I find it weirdly charming. Yeah, I think it's fine. Like, she shows up. 
at, at the beginning when everything's peaceful and all the other boys on the baseball team are like, oh, Jin Hee, like, oh, well, you're here. Will you sit next to me? And she's like, no. And yeah. just stomps over to this one boy who clearly is like trying to will himself to become furniture. And she sits down next to him and just says, when I tell you I like you, say thank you. And then all of the other boys start chanting, accept her. <laughs> cultural like, differences man, man i loved it though i was like yeah, yeah she's she staked her claim she's chosen you you belong well, to her now <laughs> i was wondering based on the way he reacts when she comes into the train if yeah. they have some sort of prior relationship where yeah. maybe they had some sort of interaction and i'm guessing part of it is that like like again i'm i'm taking leaps here so don't quote me on any of this mm-hmm. everyone this is just between me and you this and, is you, all, and on, you all all on the record <laughs> But I get the feeling that she, for for a teenage girl in Korea, she seems very forward. Sure. Like, she seems very confident and very, like, comfortable in herself. Mm -hmm. He seems very shy. Yeah, yeah. And so I think there's a little bit of that. Like, I think for him, there's a little bit of the embarrassment of, but you're the girl. Like, you can't just come up to me in front of all of my guy friends Mm -hmm. and declare that you like me. That's not how this is supposed to work. I did think it was really interesting how when she walks into the train car and all the boys react like like they're in a a 50s musical or something. (laughs) A Uh, boil. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I was like, this is really interesting because you've got a whole, like, team full of teenage boys essentially yeah. sort of like catcalling this girl but she mm-hmm. is not she's the one that has the power in the situation yeah weirdly yeah and it, it was i was like this seems like it's not no it's it's fine i think it's fine because she's clearly the one in charge in this situation exactly and i think that's what makes him uncomfortable <laughs> yeah and why he's not able to just be like okay cool yeah i think you're great yes <laughs> like, let's date because like, yes. he's like intimidated by her I think. yeah 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 yeah, that I, I think I think that stuff works. Yeah. I, I don't think it is quite as tight as some of the other stuff, but I but I do like it. Sure. Um the other mentioned a little bit before, the the biggest difference I think between this and American zombie movies is American zombie movies tend to be extremely stoic. Yeah. Where it's always like my friend has turned into a monster. Yeah. One single tear as I have to shoot him in the face, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is not an American zombie movie. I'm going to keep referencing 28 Days Later Mm -hmm. because it's one of my faves. Um, But when... Oh, God. What is her name in 28 Days Later? The girl? Yes. As close as I can get. Alice or something? No. No. Ginny. (laughs) Anyway, when... um, Kara. Early on, mm-hmm. when Killian Murphy meets up with her and the dude she's traveling with. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant the, the younger girl. No, no, yeah. no, no, okay. no. Um, the love interest. Yes. Um, Naomi uh, Scott or something. Money Penny. Um, Money Penny, yes. When the dude that she's been partnered up with, kind of surviving the zombie apocalypse with for several weeks, gets bitten, there's that brutal scene oh, where yeah. she just picks up the machete and fucking goes at him. She mm. just wails at him and cuts pieces of him off until he's dead. Yeah. Um, and she does it really unflinchingly. Like she just immediately, no questions asked. She doesn't feel any sympathy. It seems she just goes for it. Yeah. And you don't see any of that in this. Like, yeah. not from the good guys. 
Yeah, I like I the think, good guys are all much more emotional about any of this. Yeah, I think this movie. I think Twenty Eight Days Later, they're they're living in it longer, and sure, so they've, yeah. they've as the name would imply, right? Yeah. Whereas this one, it's all really new and stuff. And yeah. Like in this one, the the scene where they are, um, where the the businessman convinces everybody that they they need to be shunned because they might have been bitten yeah that's all very reactionary and nobody knows what's going on so nobody knows what the truth is and stuff but he's like an an authority figure because he's some bigwig like ceo and he talks he talks about it a bunch he's like kind of Mm. does the like do you know who i am well i think on top of that more than that though he's just the loudest voice and oh, as, yeah. as we've learned from real life, yeah, uh, the loudest voice is usually the one people <laughs> listen to for some reason. Yeah, and he seems certain. Like he seems, right, right. he seems like he, like you were saying, one of the things this movie does well is that people have stuff to do, and he's a very cowardly and mm-hmm. awful but proactive character. Yes, so he will say. We can't let them in. He makes the decision really fast. And I think in times of crisis, that's also appealing to people because it's like you don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You're scared and you don't have time to stop and think and kind of reason it all out. So if somebody who already is sort of in your mind, somebody who must be trustworthy, I mean, he's the CEO of some big company. He's a, a highly successful man. He must be smart or a good leader or something. Mm-hmm. So if he says we shouldn't let them in, then that that's the right thing to do and that's what we should do. And what's so great about his character too is I mean he's such a shithead. Yeah. But the the, the nice little I don't want to call it a turn cuz it's there from the beginning, but it mm-hmm. takes a little bit to really rise to the top. Yeah. Is that at first it seems like he is reacting the way he is in an attempt to preserve everyone. But everything that he does is only to preserve himself. Yes. Like, he does not give a shit about anybody else on that train. No, no, no. Yeah, and it makes him a great... It makes him a great villain because he's also, like, a very believable villain. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can totally imagine in in an emergency situation like that. Because in a weird way, in this movie, the main character is sort of he starts off in between Gilgamesh and the CEO. Right. Like yes. on yeah. the, on the moral Absolutely. spectrum, he's sort yeah. of right in the middle. Like yeah. he's not totally like an evil callous or cowardly guy, but he's definitely not like an altruistic good guy. Right. Yeah. He, he's like, I'm going to protect myself and my daughter. And if I happen to help anybody else along the way, that's fine. If somebody else happens to get hurt along the way, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And so it's kind of interesting because you get to see like sort of what what the bad version of his storyline yeah. could have been. Yeah. Like if he had been there without his daughter, yeah. he probably would have gone more in that direction than in Gilgamesh's direction where it was like, no, we're going to help people. We're going to go back and we're going to rescue people. Yeah. And he yeah. does show attributes of both of those guys. Yeah. And it's because, uh, like we said earlier, he says the thing about in times like this, you only care about yourself. I mean, he shuts the door on Gilgamesh and his pregnant wife. Yeah. In the first sort of big zombie moment on the on the train, like he's he's very prepared to leave them out there to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And doesn't ever apologize for it. Yeah, I am. I am a big fan of the dramatic. Let's say let's call it a dramatic triad of characters. Yeah. Because I th- always think that it gives you a really. It gives you a lot of options, 
as far as how to uh, have character drama, and especially if there's one person you're focusing on, mm-hmm. having two people along for the ride really allows you to have one guy be the angel and one guy be the devil. Yeah. And your main character learns or or changes um, in accordance to what these other guys are doing and how he is what he's learning from them and stuff like that. It's, right. it's the, yeah. the, the Spock, Kirk, Kirk and uh, Bones mentality. Uh, where you've yeah. got your, your core three guys who all kind of influence each other. But at the end of the day, it's Captain Kirk with Spock on one side, McCoy on the other side, but he's the one that has to make the, the decision. And you get these yeah. other two who can voice both sides of the opinion and stuff. I always think, I think that stuff works really well. And in this, yeah. this one, it works. It's, it's a lot more subtle, mm-hmm. um, but... I think it works equally as well here because, you know, like you said, you've got the, the, the main character who is kind of in the middle of these these two characters. And he, through the course of this movie, ends up kind of choosing which direction he's going to go in. And it's mostly yeah. because of his daughter. Yeah. And it turns into kind of like a redemption arc for him. Totally. Yeah. Like he redeems himself like as a person and as a father. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, speaking of, of uh, what I was saying, the, the stoicness of the American ah, yes. movie. A uh, lot of crying in this movie. Yeah. And that's not to say it's a complaint because I think all of it is completely warranted yeah. and realistic. Yeah. I was going to say I always am confused how there's not more crying yeah. in most zombie movies. Like the fact that everyone is so like, well, time to strap on my machete and pick up my gun and go out into the wasteland. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we all fantasize that if if the, if it ever came down to it, we'd all be like, a fallout character sure where we would just like not only learn how to survive in the apocalypse but actually thrive and become the main character of everything i would be dead so fast oh my god are you kidding me i can't sit outside in the sun for more than 20 minutes without (laughs) needing to vomit we went on a a a river tubing expedition together a lazy river tubing (laughs) we are not talking rapids yeah we had to pull over halfway so and send me home Because I am too delicate for the world. <laughs> the only apocalypse. I'm not, I'm not laughing at you, you by the way. You can laugh at me. It's fine. I accept it in this case. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The only apocalypse I am surviving is the indoor kid apocalypse. Yes. Is like, are you trapped inside your house, but you still have all the food and electricity you need? I'm fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I. 30 would... days of night. <clears throat> sign me up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be. Uh, how come that's not the the backstory of the main character? Of that it's like, well, you know, I used to live in Arizona, but my skin was too delicate, so I yeah. moved up here, and now I'm a badass. Yeah, that's my story. <clears throat> yeah, that's the only apocalypse I thrive in. It's dark all the time. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like everybody wants to think they'd be a, a, a apocalyptic badass, but the exactly. M- but everyone would be crying in yeah. the washroom on the bullet train. Right. Like, yes. <laughs> We all would be. The minute you can't use your phone to get a burrito, you would lose your fucking mind. (laughs) Somebody's been chasing you for five minutes and you're totally winded. Yes. And you're just crying as you run. Like, I can't keep running. I'm not good at this. I get freaked out when people tailgate me when I drive. (laughs) I can't imagine what it would be like. Oh, do you give in to the pressure? Sometimes, yeah. 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 I gleefully do not. Yeah. I have a big problem with... um, I don't. So if I'm looking for a place to park, mm. if, and, and there's somebody like right on my tail, I don't like trying to like yeah. parallel park. Same because it's you, know, you never know what like the a, other person's going to do behind. Yeah, you. Yeah, and it turns into a whole. I feel like an asshole. And yeah, 
No, in, the, in that case, sure. I was thinking more on the highway. If I'm oh, on the yeah. highway and I know I'm going at a good clip and somebody is like right up my ass and I'm not in the far left lane, yeah. oh, I'm yes. like, yes. <laughs> have fun, dude. Yeah, as long as I'm not in, in, the, in, the, in the fast lane, yeah. I, I generally don't really... Yeah. As long as you're not in the bullet train lane. Right, yeah. yeah. But yeah, everybody in this movie, I think, reacts accordingly. I think the most stoic person is probably Gilgamesh. And even he yeah. has his moments. Yeah. Uh, he, I don't think he ever fully, like, really breaks down. But you need one guy to, to hold it together, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and I think that fits... Yeah, it's interesting, because when you were talking about everybody having character arcs, he kind of does not... Yeah. Like, the only part of his character arc is he sort of comes to accept the dad is not a total shitheel. Because the dad, over the course of the movie, has proved himself to not be a totally terrible person. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I guess you could... I think you could argue that when things start, he is only concerned about his wife. But unlike the main character, he very quickly realizes, all right, I need to help everybody else here too but it's it's a, yeah. it's a quick turn it's not really much i was gonna say and he, yeah i mean <laughs> it, it, he was at the very start he's only concerned with his wife the same way any of us would be only concerned with right the person we're traveling with on a normal day right because yeah. that's kind of how it starts it's like his wife is pregnant and she's in the bathroom and he's like standing outside like tapping on the door being like honey he baby are you okay and she just bangs on the door next to his face <laughs> he is really the the fantasy character in this movie yes because like He's the kind of guy where when the, the main character does something douchey, he'll turn to him and go, you know, you're kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. Where in re- and everybody wants to think they would do that. But most of the time yeah. in real life, you would just like look at your partner and like do like the eye yeah. thing <laughs> and not say anything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do the, the hand squeeze is definitely one Greg and I do. Where it's just like, <laughs> mm, don't we can't look at each other because we know we'll set each other off. So mm-hmm. just squeeze the other person's hand. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, the the other thing about this movie is that it moves so fast. Yeah. Like, the intensity is so high. This is like almost a full two hours, right? Yeah, almost two hours. I was shocked when I looked up last night and realized how long it was going and yeah. it still hadn't quite ended yet. And I was like, I thought this was like a snappy 90 minutes. Yeah. And when I realized it had been almost two hours, I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, it doesn't really feel that long. No, it, moves, it doesn't. It moves pretty good. Yeah. Um, and it is, uh, it's, it is full of amazing set pieces. Yeah. It, it is what they would call in wrestling a spot fest, <laughs> which is when you yes. have a, a, a match where it's pretty much only like high flying big, yes. big, yeah. big spots. And yeah. Stuff. Um, where it's like every single scene is like another cool set piece of yeah. zombies being crazy this way or b- busting through a window here or, you know, uh, I do love fl- flaming train. Yeah. Just coming down the tracks. I do love not not to go too far much back into it but the Mm -hmm. setting of the bullet train just Mm. i think it's so great because like you're it's so self-contained but it's very long yeah but you can only go in two directions right like so it limits your options it's very linear but those you know there's those trains are really long this one i they definitely mentioned like car number 14 yeah um so if you've got to get from car 7 to car 14 that's a long way to go through a lot of zombies yeah and then also having the glass doors in between mm. each car and mm-hmm. sort of the um, the vestibule areas in between them. Mm-hmm. So you're separated from the danger, but not by much. Right. Which is like, 
builds a lot of tension. And then I also love like all the times, like even when they're first pulling out of the station at the very beginning and the daughter's looking out the window and she just sees the blurry figure of, of somebody come running by the window and leap onto somebody who'd been standing on the platform and attack them. Yeah. But the train's moving too quick that you don't really see it. So they do a bunch of stuff like that with the train moving and something happening on one side of the window. Yeah. And and you're like, oh, is that going to come in here? Am I am I safe in here? Because it feels impermeable. Like it feels secure normally. But mm. all of a sudden, once there's like a real threat, you're like, oh, all that's between me and that thing is this pane of glass. Yeah. That's not a lot. A lot of end. good window work in this. Yes. My, yeah. One of my favorites is towards the end when the um, conductor is trying to cut through the cars yes. and he goes in and he looks around and makes sure there's nobody in there and then yeah. he closes the door and there's just a bloody handprint on yeah, the door. Like, yeah. Ah, always was... got to check the door. <laughs> <clears throat> um, uh, uh, the, the other thing that they don't do in this that they probably would have done in an American version of this, mm-hmm. nobody even suggests what if we climb on top of the train. Oh yeah. And part of that's because on a bullet train, you just can't. Right. It's going like 110 miles per hour. Yeah. You will a just fly off. And then the, 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 the train tunnels in a lot of areas, at least again, at least in Japan are kind of cut sort of perfectly for really these trains. Yeah. It, it, there's not a lot of space. Yeah. 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 They you're would... not going to have a James Bond style fight where you, if you lay down, you get through the tunnel and you're fine. They would have done it in a Hollywood movie. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I'm gonna go see that bullet train movie with Brad Pitt at some point, and I'm sure I there's guarantee gonna be, you there's gonna be a fight train. on top of a bullet if train. If there is not, I will eat my words, but I guarantee they're gonna be on top of that train. <laughs> You're gonna say you will eat your hat, and I was gonna be like, which which hat? Did you ever hear about um, uh, Werner Herzog uh, made a bet <laughs> with Errol Morris that he couldn't get a boat <clears throat> up and over a no. mountain in the Amazon? <laughs> no, Errol Morris. I can't remember the the the. Uh, the origin of this but basically uh Werner Herzog basically dared him to make a movie uh-huh. and said if you make the movie I will eat my shoe and then Errol Morris made the movie yeah and so there is a documentary out there called Werner Herzog eats his shoe yes yeah where it my, fo- my boss is a big Werner Herzog yeah and I have heard of this it's yeah. pretty fun it's yeah. uh it follows Werner Herzog as he prepares his shoe <laughs> Which involves boiling it with like Ugh. stew vegetables to make the leather like nice and <laughs> the shoe he chooses a leather shoe so because theoretically it's easier to eat right. and then it ends up with him eating the shoe. What a work of art! Yeah, nobody eats a shoe in this movie though. No, <laughs> I saw a man say goodbye to a shoe once. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, uh. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we round it out? Yeah, I do kind of want to touch on how the zombie virus works a little bit mm-hmm. because there there are these three three interesting moments to me. The first one is when he our, our protagonist is talking on the phone with his mom, mm. and he picked it's 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 sort of like in the first third of the movie um, when things are starting to go poorly. And he's talking to her on the phone and she doesn't sound right. And he's like, why is it so loud there? Like, what's happening? And, and she's, she's kind of like hacking cough into the phone. She's and watching cops. She's doing, she's doing something, probably getting chewed on by zombies. Yeah. Um, and she starts talking to him and he, she's kind of crying. Mm-hmm. And she sort of says, like, my baby about him and, like, I love you. And, like, oh, like, Suan, I love her so much. But all she wants is her mother 
and then her voice kind of changes and she's like that bitch yeah and so there's that moment and then when um every the, the the ceo that everyone loves to hate at the very end in the sort of climactic confrontation when the train has been whittled down to just the engine <laughs> like they've found a new engine without actual train cars the conductor is dead mm-hmm. everyone else else is dead it's the protagonist his daughter and the pregnant lady and then the C- the CEO has been bitten he's mm-hmm. he's mostly zombified at this point and he comes out of the cabin of of the train engine and he says um he says something like mister can you help me mm. i'm scared I need to get home yeah. to Busan. My address is... And he's kind of talking like he's a little kid. Yeah. And so that happens. And then that's the big climactic fight where the protagonist gets bitten. And his last moments, before he throws himself off the train, he sort of has this, as he's getting zombied, he has this flashback to the moment his you mentioned it earlier, his daughter is born the mm. first time he gets to hold her. Mm-hmm. And it's... I just I was curious about that. Like, it, is is that like a? That's how it works in reality. <laughs> when you become a zombie, yeah. that that's that's how it works. You get like one last arbitrary memory. Mm-hmm. It was it's just really interesting <laughs> to me. Like, I I wonder if there was sort of like a logic behind it where it's like, you know, is it is it that you kind of go back and have like one foundational memory that mm. affects you before your brain shuts down? Like, I don't know. I just thought that was a really interesting choice in a movie that otherwise very seems to very intentionally choose not to approach. But how do zombies work? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I was reading on on IMDb that there seems to be uh, the way the zombies work uh, seems to be very plot dependent. Yeah, where a some, bit, yeah. <laughs> sometimes they can do stuff, other times they can't. Sometimes you know. they're contortionists. Sometimes yeah, which, they're just a little shambling. Honestly, in this movie, does not matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is really interesting because it does. I do think there is something really uh, fun to be explored about that idea of what is that last minute before. If you have the luxury. Yeah, uh, uh, as someone who's been bit by a zombie, to yeah. have a quiet moment where you For can, your, yeah, yeah. What is that last moment like? Right, that is pretty interesting as a concept. And yeah, it, it I, is. I don't know if it needs to be. <laughs> makes me really suspect of the mom at that point right. because, like, if her last moment was like, <laughs> your, your kid's a bitch. <laughs> No, no, no. Or the I, stepmother, your yeah, ex- I think it's, I think it's ex-wife the, is a bitch. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's interesting to th- to think about like, all right, well, as this thing is happening, how is it affecting or how is it corrupting the thoughts in your head? Right. And, is it just like pathways in your brain dying off and yeah. the last ones left or sort of the last images or emotions you get? Yeah. I really, oh. I really liked the the death of the or the the turning of the CEO guy. Yeah, because he has this this moment that you're talking about where he's his eyes have glazed over. You yep. can tell he's almost there. Yeah, and he kind of turns back into a kid, and then yeah. he has this moment where it just like he shuts down and then he comes back. Like you see him, the actual 
turnover. Right, right. Like like almost like a switch has been flipped. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. And I and I thought kind of giving him that moment where he is sort of reverted to this scared little boy is a is an interesting moment of sympathy for a character who has been otherwise wall to wall totally loathsome mm. the whole mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And to have that be sort of his last human moment of like that he's kind of just a scared little kid inside yeah. is, is yeah. like an interesting I think it makes him a more complex character. It turns him from just a flat, like, oh, he's just a bad person who does bad things to people because he doesn't care. Oh, totally. Yeah. Into more of a pathetic character yeah. who's like, he's too cowardly to do anything else. So that's what he does. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I liked that. Yeah. And uh, not only is there a lot of crying in this movie, but <laughs> it will probably make you cry. Yeah. And they, man. Not only do they get you hard with the death of the father, yes. you think that's going to be it. Yeah. And then they get you again at the very end when the girl starts singing the song yeah. in the tunnel. And that's the, that's the killer. Yeah. That's the one where you just, you, you are defenseless. Well, because at, at that point, it's just <clears throat> Suan and the pregnant woman. Mm-hmm. They're totally alone. The train has, has had to be stopped. There's like fire and dead bodies around and they have to walk into a train tunnel. Right. And it's just like they there's this one shot that I thought the movie was going to end on where it's just the two of them like fading into the darkness Mm -hmm. of the tunnel. And I was like, if that's how this movie ends, I'm going to fucking scream (laughs) that they just walk into the darkness alone together and you Mm -hmm. never know. Um, But that's not how it ends. As they're walking through, there are soldiers on the other side that have sniper rifles that Mm -hmm. are trained on the tunnel trained on the tunnel Mm -hmm, Uh mm -hmm. and then yeah they're gonna shoot them until they hear her singing and she's singing the song from the beginning and she's crying yeah well she does it and she's the best actor in the world so it's like extremely believable little girl crying it's absolutely heartbreaking yeah (laughs) she's like clinging to the pregnant woman and the pregnant woman's like having some physical pain yeah that's the one thing i couldn't remember about this is i was like a pregnant lady in a movie She's got to have that baby at some point, right? No, she doesn't. Which but, I love that she doesn't. Yeah. I thought as they were walking and she starts like cramping up, I thought, oh, maybe she's going to, but she doesn't look like she's pregnant enough to be going to labor. Uh, but. but even if she is, they don't show it. That's it's, true. It's yeah. sort of like, we're not going to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, my The part that stood out to me about the ending this time is when, you know, they cut over to the, the soldiers and yeah. the one guy calls it in and he says, we've got two bogeys coming through the tunnel. Looks like it's a girl and a, and a woman, and the the off the uh, commander goes back, kill them, and the guy kind of <laughs> the guy shoots the other guy. And look like what? Yeah, <laughs> like they're like uh, because yeah, that's that's the closest point to entering the American zombie movie that we get this whole yeah. time, where it's like a bunch of macho guys in intense camo with guns, mm-hmm. just being told like yeah, fire them up, kill them all, and it's like, wait, really? Yeah, like I mean. I, even I was thinking, like, I mean, just wait till they come out of the tunnel. You know, it's not right. You're far enough away that yeah. and there's shit around, and, and there's only two of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess thinking that way is how outbreaks happen, I suppose. Yeah. And but you're how we all die, Clay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's the end of the movie. I I think this is like top ten best zombie movies. I think oh, this is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's so different, but it has all the recognizable stuff in there, and it's it has more. <clears throat> I'm gonna go out on a limb, mm. and I've seen a lot of zombie movies at this point, <laughs> and say that 
This probably has the best character work in a zombie movie. Second only, well, yeah, I would say second only to Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. It's, I would argue that it might be better in that regard because you've got A plus actors in this movie and right. Night of the Living Dead is a lot of like, you know, amateur stuff. What I, yeah. I, I hate saying that, but it's... Well, and you've, you've had more time to sort of refine like <clears throat> how how these movies work. Yeah. And like what you're trying to say with them. Yeah. Like by this point versus when Night of the Living Dead came out and it was like a very different subgenre. Mm. But it's got it's got all the hallmarks of that, even yeah. even down to the, the political satire stuff. Oh yeah. And the, the class issues. Um and it's just really, really well done. Yeah. Um what was your takeaway generally? I really it for the first time. I really loved it. Yeah. Um I thought I mean, I know we keep praising kind of the character work in it, but I really do think it was very, very strong. Mm-hmm. I think it's violent and gory enough. You know, I was thinking about that too, because it's like, it's violent and gory, but again, not in the way these movies usually are. Exactly. There's no like, well, we've set some booby traps and there's going to be zombies who get their lower half blown off and then crawl with their intestines out through the dirt to try and get you. And at the same time, there's no moment where, you know, you get a close up of someone getting their neck ripped open or something, you know? Yeah. It's, it's more realistic where it's sort of like, yeah, you're just being bitten by human teeth. Right. Like there's only so much damage they can do if they like catch you on the arm. It's not going to like tear away a huge chunk of your arm or something. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought th- I thought this was a really great movie. I think it it does a great job of like taking the basic hallmarks of of what we've come to expect from zombie movies, but like doing something a little different with it. Yeah, I do wish I knew a little bit more about like Korean culture mm-hmm. and and sort of like modern Korea to be able to see a little bit more thoroughly, mm-hmm. kind of the. The, the social commentary and, and and the like you were saying the class commentary like I think I get the gist of it I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure I I can recognize the you know they're an industrialized capitalist like organized nation so it's not that different mm-hmm. from the same sorts of concerns that an American zombie movie might try to tackle but I do think there are like interpersonal like relationships and the way people treat one another that's that's much more like would would it kind of add more depth and context if you knew more about like Korean culture. So I I do wish I had like a little less of a blind spot there. Yeah. Yeah, I think American American zombie movies have kind of lost the nuance that was yeah. created by George Romero. Yeah. And it like the, you know, social commentary aspect ends up turning into like Man, the military, right? Yeah, yeah. Or it's crazy. Look at them. They're all in a mall, just like you know what? shoppers. Do you know what people should do? People should be nicer to each other. Yeah, or you've got the <laughs> the other one that's like the military guy who's like, I wish I could just fucking kill everybody. And it's like, whoa, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see who that's supposed to be. You right, know? right. I see the analog there. Yeah. But, and, but I think that's kind of lazy at yeah. this point. Yeah. And this really does have great... Um, I hate saying social commentary. It sounds so hacky to say that, but yeah, but it, it deals with there's with, like real themes. There's like yeah. real substantive like explorations of like relationships between different types of people, and uh, yeah, and like like sort of 
Yeah, all of it sounds so hacky to say that it's just it's like, just, eh, it's, you guys get the point. It's <laughs> nice to see a zombie movie where the character, the, the difference between the characters isn't just like, that guy's got the big gun, this guy's yeah. a nerd. Yeah, this yeah. one's a woman with a cool haircut, you know? right? And I, I do like how how this movie has a lot to do with fatherhood, mm. with like being a a good male figure in the world, and and to to others, like you kind of get the full spectrum of like different the different types of men mm-hmm. that that you could be if you were a man, and like it sort of shows like what an impact being a good dad can can be like right and i found that really i find that really interesting i find that like much more interesting than just like if you don't have a gun you're not gonna make it yeah all (laughs) prospective fathers should watch this movie before their child is born kind of (laughs) um yeah i think that's i think that's pretty much it uh the there was a sequel Made. I did hear that recently, yeah. Yep, uh, not as well received. I read something that was like, it's essentially the Fast and the Furious and Zombies. I, yes, I read that as well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that probably doesn't need a sequel. Oh, do you really care? I, I didn't really care about the the guy finding out that his company was involved with the outbreak. I wasn't even really yeah. totally tracking what what the deal was but it sounded like his company put a bunch of money into the i, I yeah lab that I, this started in or something i think that was what was kind of being being pointed to they they say that he's a fund manager which which makes me think it's you know like you work for a big investment firm and you're yeah. you're putting your money into different companies and that they have a lot of biotech mm-hmm. clients or portfolios or whatever i don't work in finance mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I found that like superfluous as well. I think if I had to take a swing at it, probably what we're supposed to get from that is like his shrewd capitalistic, uh, business dealings. Yeah. Some, something he did. caused the end of the world. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, (laughs) it's when you find out that the, uh, the, the monster, the monster was born out of an orphanage that you cut funding for. So, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, just your standard Batman. Yeah, standard Batman guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it, yeah I, I would say, yeah, it was pretty superfluous. Didn't really, didn't really yeah, need cause it. Yeah, because I, yeah, I don't think he needed it to have some sort of like epiphany about like, oh yeah. shit, I need to become a better person. I think like, you know, trying to protect his daughter and realizing that other people were going to help him and that he should help them was like the epiphany that he needed. He didn't need all the business stuff around it as well. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, This is number 69. Nice. (laughs) Uh, On our list, do you think this is too high, too low? I'm going to assume you would keep it on the list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I would keep it on the list, and I I feel pretty good about its position. Yeah. I might bump it a little closer to 50. Okay, all right. But but I I don't feel... Just because I think it is a really good zombie movie. Oh, yeah. Like, I I don't think there are many zombie movies I would put over this one at this point. Yes. I think the ones that would... I think the ones you'd put over this would be more based on legacy than quality. Right, right. Because, like, is this a a more well-crafted movie than Day of the Dead? Probably, yes. Yeah, I I would think so, yeah. But does... Day of the Dead maybe end up going higher just because it's the third Romero movie. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um even Dawn of the Dead, 
I think Dawn yeah. of the Dead is a masterpiece. Yeah. But like, I would say this is, you know, in the ballpark. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I think they're saying different things and they have different approaches, obviously. But like, yeah. Uh, and I do think it's interesting to see, like, the the take on this genre from another culture. Yes. Like, I find that yes. really fascinating. I find like seeing like what what would a would a Korean director think was important to highlight like what themes yeah. would when they think of zombies what themes does that allow them to explore mm-hmm. and and in what ways do they do it differently mm. than american movies yeah. Or, yeah. or european movies like i find that really fascinating yeah i i wish maybe somewhere somebody somewhere had this conversation with george romero one can only hope but i would love to hear his thoughts on the genre and I, I don't mean i don't mean like the dvd extra thoughts where he's like we didn't know what we were making <laughs> we were just a bunch of kids trying to make a movie for eight dollars like no i don't want that i don't want that that's shit. a pretty good impression <laughs> um i i would like to hear him talk about like you essentially created this genre yeah you i'm sure he would say no i didn't but he did he did he did all all for all intents and purposes he created this genre and it has turned into such a uh ubiquitous pocket of horror yeah that i would be really interested to see or hear what his thoughts are about how people have taken it and ran with it and how it does apply to other cultures and stuff and like what ha- what surprises him about yeah. zombie movies now? Like what directions yeah. have other people taken it in that are that have been unexpected to him? What new kind of areas that people have started to explore are exciting? Mm. Like maybe I mean maybe he is the kind of person or was the kind of person who honestly didn't really think about that much, but yeah. I mean as as any creative person must have had a moment where they kind of like reflect on it a little bit. Right. Right. Like I, I helped launch this yeah. into the mainstream in a really huge way. Yeah. What has the impact of that been? Yeah. I think about that with John Carpenter too, because mm. anytime people ask John Carpenter about shit, he always like gives a glib answer. But yeah, he's they like, just oh, paid no, 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 I don't know. Yeah. Would you come back and do this one? Yeah. If they paid me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, obviously. But you, you must think about it from time to time. He's, He's, I mean, he seems like he's a bit of a bitter kind of guy when it comes to that stuff. But I would be interested to hear his thoughts. But, uh, but yeah, I would, I would love to have been able to to talk to Romero about what his his real thoughts on this genre are. Because time to bust out the spirit board. Yeah, it's just so fascinating to me. I mean, we'll probably talk about this more when we get to. Uh, have we done any of his movies yet? No. Have we not? No, done, no, no. Did no, we no. do Night of the Living Dead? No. Wow. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, okay. I, I, this is this isn't this is we've done like a couple zombie or zombie adjacent movies, but I don't think any of his. Yeah. Huh. Well, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Um yeah, there's so many movies. He made some good he made a lot of bad movies. I mean, but there there's there's kind of like par for the course with horror movie directors, yeah, you know. Yeah, you've got yeah. your hits, you got your misses. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about Martin have you ever seen Martin? <laughs> no, but we've talked about this before. Oh. Definitely on this podcast. Oh. I keep waiting for it to pop so up. So excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. That's yeah. going to do it for Train to Busan. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to help support the show, head over to patreon.com slash the Penske file. 
where if you join our Patreon, you can hear Amanda and I get into the second string of Stephen King this year. Each month we're doing one of the um, lesser known or the also-ran Stephen yes. King movies. <laughs> Get ready for lots of talk of murderous vehicles. Yes. Uh, June was Christine. July was Maximum Overdrive. Maximum. August will be uh, Sometimes They Come Back. Yes. And all leading up to the 1990 version of It in December to round it out. Yeah. Um, and, oh, if, if you're into comic books, I have a comic book out right now. I uh, I co-wrote Batman the White Knight Presents the Red Hood with Sean Murphy. So if you're into Batman, pick one of those up. I'd be much obliged. Buy it. <laughs> Do it. And uh, uh, so we have hit our next wild card slot. Oh, shit. And I am now waffling. Oh, because no. I, I have I have so many that I want to do, and I had zeroed in on one, but then I remembered there's another one that I really wanted to do that would line up with our Patreon coverage. Oh. Okay, well, are we going to get there? But I think we'll get there. I'll get another one before the year's over, I think. So I'm going to go with my original choice. We are going to do X, Ooh. Ty West's newest movie. Yes, back to Ty West, finally. We have done three. This will be the third Ty West movie. Yeah, we've done like not, zero Romero. <laughs> not including not including your next, which has him in it as an actor. Mm-hmm. So this, I'm I'm surprised we've hit so many of his movies before. Just Ty West and two stands of them, over here. Two of them were wild cards. Like yes. we chose to do this. Yes, we love Ty West. Apparently. <laughs> I didn't know we did, but yeah. now it's it's a, it's obvious. What's funny though is we love the ones that the other people don't love as yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Although I, X X I think did get pretty good reviews and, yeah. and pretty uh, critically well regarded. Yeah. I saw it in the theater. I loved it. I thought it was one where when I left, I was like, that was pretty good. And the more I thought about it, I was like, that was actually really, really good. Mm. So I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of been in the back of my head. Yeah. Um, and I haven't really talked about it with anybody. So I stole your Blu-ray and then have not watched it. Yeah, so uh, uh, I'm going to yell it into the void and make Amanda listen to me. So yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Excellent. So uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next time with X. Bye, everyone.